this is um, well, this is a show. This particular episode is really all about a nickname, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's it's quite a nickname, isn't it? Really, well, it makes you laugh every time you say it. Yeah, <laughs> as if to, as if to demonstrate. Yeah. yeah, it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I suppose we've all sort of come across that at some point. In, yeah, in well, our lives. I know that you and I give uh, we've given nicknames to people that they don't know that they've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we've done it independently of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one one particular one I remember that that springs to mind is the uh, the woman who works in the local Asda uh, who she um, was working on the on the uh, the till and uh, the uh, conveyor belt was moving a bit too slowly so she licked the palms of both hands in order to increase traction put them down and then pulled the conveyor belt across and then started putting people's food in in this in this line of, of spit. Uh, so obviously she's belt licker. She wasn't actually licking it, but but that's what we called her. I mean, it's not actually the worst um, till conveyor belt story that I've no, got. No, it's not, is it? No, because <laughs> the, the worst the worst one is that um, I'm I'm the sort of person who I don't, I. You don't like littering. I don't like littering. And so if I've sort of like um, trimmed my toenails, <laughs> I'll put them in my pocket, you know. Now, my wife, she, she quite often puts them in, in a wine glass. If she, <laughs> and sometimes if you then put that in the dishwasher, they, they, they stick in and they're there the next time. So I'm glad I don't do that. But anyway... One particular day, I was I was at the uh, at the Tesco this time, and uh, I was having to get right into the bottom of my pocket to get out the loose change and stuff like that. And uh, I I put it all on the uh, the conveyor belt, and there were two immense pieces of, <laughs> pieces of toenail. The woman on the till looked at me. I looked at her. There was this pause. <laughs> L, my wife, became aware of it and saying, what's happening, what's happening? I just picked up these toenails and walked out. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's so nice about that, though, is that she's got a story to to tell. about the man who threw two toenails on on a command belt. I love that story. I love it. You have, you have, because you would be known as the toenail guy. Yes, yeah. But uh, your other uh, nicknames for people have always chuckled me. Like the the swinger, and he was called swinger not because of his sexual habits. It was. uh, well, well, well he, he he walked between two crutches, and uh, and that was the sort of means of locomotion, which sort of sounds a bit more cruel than it was. But uh, <laughs> well, these are things that people people do every day. That you go, oh right, there's a name for that thing. Yeah. Okay. Because there was a woman who used to get on the train when I, I was first started working in Leeds, and in in the end, she actually worked in my office. Uh, on a different floor mine but she, you know I, I recognised her what she used to do is get on the train she was always on the phone and we'd get on and you had to fight for position she would get on the tr- train 
and invariably because she's kind of like on the phone she wouldn't be concentrating for the gap she'd right. get pushed out of line and stuff right. this would have happened more than once but on this one particular occasion she she started talking to this person on the phone it wasn't it wasn't discreet right okay? and it was she was threatening the person indirectly through the person she was talking to on the right. phone so what happened was the person pushed her out of the way and she on the phone started going oh some people just pushed me out of the way yeah I will yeah, yeah I'll tell him yeah I'll say that yeah no, obviously never did but the fact that she went through this rigmarole she might never have been speaking to anybody on the phone but she got called phone threatening <laughs> from that day on and what was what was brilliant was she was actually one day again on a phone and the doors kind of open as if, as if they're like uh, close together they open uh, from the centre out but then swing yeah. on a kind of turny bit yeah. in so you've got to get out of the way or of those trap, yeah. or you could get trapped and she did and she was a thin woman but that's a thin gap anyway she got trapped and she was there and, and her phone was up against it and uh, I, I, I mean I was howling so I don't remember what if she was actually threatening anybody at the time but yeah phone threatener <laughs> well we I think means of locomotion are because well, me and Elle used to uh, when we used to drive into work together we, we used to notice that because there was there was this this um, aged sort of fella who uh, used to run a lot and we used to call him old man runner <laughs> there, was yeah. a, there was another guy who walked with a real sort of sense of purpose uh, really quick and we'd call him Tinchy Strider <laughs> but one, one of my favourite ones <laughs> my favourite of yours is your cat tilt <laughs> because of its odd head? Yeah, it's had a head that it tipped to one side. A, on a diagonal, so you call it tilt. Yeah, but uh, we were when we were on holiday. There was this woman who they're not they're not exactly hats. They're like they don't have a top bit on. They have like a a, a headband and then a peak. Right. Okay. And this woman used to wear two of these uh, at the same time. Uh-huh. And uh, an owl came up with two hats to handle. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It's yeah. good. I mean, that's the thing is, is is coming up with a name like my surname because it ends in man. Uh huh. That's that was what I got called. Is you know, you know, every now and then it would be like a, a variation of it. But essentially, my nickname was my surname. Right. And it was so it's very difficult to get out. But some people have some brilliant ones. Yeah. Well, because of my evolution of a nickname is great. Because of my obvious propensity for violence and my sort of savage endowment <laughs> I was always known as deathly hoscock at school <laughs> wasn't at your school chinky panans <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll just say I wasn't in fact called deathly hoscock I was actually called hammy because they thought that I'd got big cheeks um, but yeah when I grew up it was in the 1970s which was obviously well before PC times or anything like that and so yeah people were called things like that so we had a friend who had got um, eyes that uh, were sort of uh, uh, narrow and uh, and you'd got huge hands and so we called him Chinky Panand but there was this girl and th- she'd got a sort of problem with an undershot jaw so that uh, it meant that, uh, like a lantern, like a stuck jo- out, George, jutting, yeah. jutting jaw, yeah. And uh, we, this sort of made her grin a lot. So we used to call her Yule Grinner. 
Oh, that's a good one. We, we were quite that proud, proud of that yeah. one. But but none, it seems, are as ludicrous as... as Galloping Foxley, which is a, sounds more like an illness than nicknamed. Yeah. Let's go. Let's talk about this episode. just watched Galloping Foxley haven't we? <laughs> I can't I can't hear it but without laugh at it I've got I've got to say so uh, this is uh, hello my name is Chris and, uh, and my name's Rob that was a very crisp introduction there. yeah yes that's right and this is uh, we're, we're doing this podcast right and uh-huh. uh, it's all about the tales of the unexpected this is the we're reviewing the episodes as they happen, and then just and then talking about them. We love the show, but there are occasionally episodes that we don't like. That doesn't mean we don't love the show. No, but, no, no. But so, you, you do have to call it as you see it. You have you? to call it as we see it, and we're going to do these all the way through. So every every episode of the Tales Unexpected is going to be on here. So season two, episode three. GF or Galloping Foxley. Foxley. Yeah. GF has just been on. We've just watched it and we're going to talk about it now for your ears. Rob. Yeah. Roald Dahl introduces again. Yes. We're all, we're all good with that, okay? Yeah. He says, right, he says this is a true story. Yeah, but uh, we've heard this from Roald Dahl before, haven't we? Because wasn't he earlier on in this series... Claiming to have eaten a thousand gallons of uh, <laughs> royal jelly. No, he said he said three ounces. So <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, same> <laughs> you say I won't tell you what it did to me because I'll give away what happened. So yeah. he's claiming he actually turned into a bee before. Yeah. So <laughs> I take this claim with the same pinch of salt. Yeah. Okay. Well, the pinch of salt could be that that all of it is the true story. That like you know he was on the train station as we see in the beginning or his memories of his school days from this one particular arse at school this yeah. dickhead at school <laughs> is that's the true bit we'll go into the story anyway but I don't it can't all be true the the fact that the story can't be true but the events yeah the events that inspired they, they, it there may be a journey yeah it starts off with uh, first of all he says um about the kind of... Is it corporal punishment that they used to dish out in schools? Yes. Yeah, because he says he can't... This is Roald, again. He yeah. can't sit on a hard oh, surface yeah. for, for too long because he remi- it reminds him of his flogging bottoms. <laughs> um, and then you like... It goes, then, this is fucking true, all right? Okay, so gather around. Yeah. Dicks, gather around you dicks. Uh, listen to this. It starts off on the train station, and we're introduced to a man called Will Perkins, William Perkins, Billy P. <laughs> okay, um, he's catching a train in the city. Yeah, to, oh, sorry, to the city, to, to the London. City. He looks like he's one of those towns that's probably about forty minutes out. Yeah, uh, he lives in the suburbs of London. Yeah, yeah. well, like Guildford, for example. The Guildford or Amersham, Chesham. Those sorts of. Yeah. I used to live in Guildford. That's why. Ah, right, okay. It's one of those lines. I think. He, I think if you looked at the Cotswold sort of area, right. that people would move there because they had money, but still worked in the city. Yeah, and yeah. It's so that far, link, far isn't it? To be yeah. away, but not too far. And the scene is set because of the clothes that they're wearing. Yeah. Well, they're all wearing bowl hats. 
Yeah, roll hats and uh, business. He. But when did that stop? I mean, I don't. I, I don't imagine that people working in the city still wear bowler hats, do they? Tell you what it is. It's it's an unwritten rule. This is, this is what it is, is that somebody decided to do it, and look, next person, next person, you, you always thought that you were meant to do it this way. It's just tradition. And that's what Roald actually says. He says that every day they used to do this. Yeah. So I, I think it's, there's a nice comment about society here, that if enough people do it, you think it's the right way. You don't question it. Yeah. You just put into this thing. So, yeah. <laughs> So, but when did it stop? When did people stop wearing bowler hats for? Women? I don't know. There'll be still. There would have been a, a somebody who got onto that train wearing something slightly different. Yeah. And they all progressively just thought, well, that's probably I'll start wearing me well, chinos instead. In fact, I suppose we see the genesis of that happening. See that happening, don't we? In this, yeah. because even though there's a bunch of people there in business outfits. They and they all know each other. Yeah, a new guy comes along, and they all sort of like look, I would say looking down at him, aren't they? They're wondering what his game is. Yeah, because he looks different to them. Yeah, he looks it? different because he's wearing first of all some light blue flary <laughs> sh- uh, trousers and some purple pointy shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got a cane. Big old overcoat and a white, you know, he's like white beard, like yeah. a Kenny Rogers sort of beard. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he looks different, he's sticking out. Yeah. Now, for uh, the first train journey that they take with him, he also, not only has he joined this platform and they don't know who he is and what he's about and what his game is, but also he's, he's ended up in the guy's carriage. In, and Billy, this is, in Billy Perkins' seat, no less. Yes, because he's. They, it's a routine and he's broken their routine and now there's what the hell's going on here right so you've got this guy sitting, and also he's reading the sun oh yeah he is isn't he he comments on the um, the boobs in there quite a popsy he says yes. and, and shows page three now season two of Toto has it's all tits season two it has Susan George in a bra yeah and I'm getting a fondle halfway through yeah, yeah, yeah. As you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. yeah. It, oh, I'm just in a bit of sick in my mouth. <laughs> and next one, we've got a nip with a crazy butterfly, yeah. bad butterfly but, tattoo. And, this and now, one, now we've got page, page three, three page three stunners all the way through. Yeah, okay. It's, I can't wait for next week. Riddled yeah. with it, it is. Riddled with it. Now then, um, so um, he is explaining. Oh yeah, so this happens. I think they say three days. This has happened yeah, on the yeah. trot. Yeah. And on the third day, they sit again, he, he, he sits in the seat, but he, he gets his seat back on the third day, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, so I'm thinking he must have got there first. He did. In fact, I think he mentions it, oh, you beat me to it this morning, or yeah. something like that. He goes, yeah. actually, this was always my seat, it was you who's stolen the yeah. seat, not, not the other way around, sir. So you think then it's sort of saying something about that sort of uh, way that things are? And yes, and totally. Yeah, yeah. and... and uh, so, but as the train journey is progressing, uh, again, this is so three days of this, and then this is, he starts staring, and all of a sudden, a, a thought comes to him: I know this guy from somewhere. Yeah. Now, he's, what he's sort of staring at, I think, at this point, is the, the stick that the, fel- the, the fellow's carrying. That's right. It's the, right. So, what we should mention is, whilst we're on the platform and he's tapping his stick, the guy goes, 
oh god I've just had a really weird flashback in the head it's a really weird feeling in, in the head they get on the train and then he and then he puts it together the reason why I felt rubbish on the platform when I saw that stick tapping and now put it together is because this guy was a prefect at a school that that mentally tortured me and physically tortured me okay and what happens now is he flashes back in time to tell that story yeah he says I know who he is it's Galloping Foxley <laughs> flashback now then this is the bit where I said is that can't have been the bit that was true with the Roald Dahl bit that, Roald Dahl can't have gone through that bit what right? bit the, the, the realising somebody was somebody at the train station it can't have been the, this bit might have been the real bit yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is a very disturbing thought for tears it? still, still horrible so he he arrives at the school when he's what were we saying 10 yeah maybe maybe a bit younger by which time he's playing his own father yeah which is a, a nice because uh, actually I remember the first time I watched this and I, I missed the link so I thought he was sending his boy to school. Ah, right. So I missed that bit until the flash, the next flashback. Yeah. So I was slightly less confused this time, obviously. Well, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so he's he's a young boy, pulls up outside this school, and there's, um, as, he, as the father gets outside of the car, he's bumped into by a prefect with a stick, and he's, the prefect is guiding a bunch of new kids along, or kids along. Yeah. And he goes, whoa, fucking manners, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> or, or sort of the Some, 1920s equivalent yeah, of that sort of thing. Don't, yeah. don't push into me or whatever and just say you're sorry. And the guy is like, kind of like, oh, God, I don't, I don't really want to be in this conversation. He doesn't say sorry ever. No. Just stands there and just takes it. And then I, I, see, it, I, I see his face before but it's an awesome bit of casting because he looks like a prick doesn't he yeah he does Yeah, the kid looks like an absolute idiot yeah I mean how do you think they do do they think that they have people categorised absolutely yeah on the books of their agent yeah looks like a cock so they'll ring him up and say have you got anybody who looks like a cock and they'll go yeah, he, yeah, he's a kid. He needs to be a kid. But I, I often think that when people are in movies because they are fat, mm. and they have to be approached, and their agent will obviously go something like, "This role demands somebody who's a bit big yeah. on the big side." Now you weren't my first. I'd say that if I was if I was the agent, you weren't my first thought actually, because I don't think you. But I'm looking at you and I'm going, you know what? You could probably pass for a fat person. And it would be that nice approach to it. But this, yeah, on the books, on the records, they must go, yeah, he, he's got... Because I'll tell you what he reminds me of. He's got that um, Malfoy about him, hasn't he? Malfoy Ooh. from the uh, Harry Potters. Oh, I don't know. Don't know. Well, there is a... There, you know, when you talk about boarding schools... Yeah. I, 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 think I'd have, I think I'd have loved to be in a boarding school. Really? Yeah. I'm terrifying. No, not in the 1930s oh, right. or whatever right, it was. Right. But no, in uh, certainly, you know, as with that the wizarding one. I'd oh well, yeah. I suppose being in a wizard board school would yeah, be all right, wouldn't I it? I love that. Yeah. Okay, but or basically just any board school. I think Ooh. I'd just spending time away and stuff. I'd loved it. Oh, I don't think I'd have been keen. No. Yeah. No, I've often thought it. There's the where I used to live uh, in the old house, oh. which, which is where I would have used to lived. Um, there was a, a famous 
like boarding school. There. What in the house? Not in the house. In the in the village. Yeah, uh, in, yeah uh, the other side of the village. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's quite famous. People know it for it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and I tell you what, I know Queen Ethelburgers. I see that on the telly, and it always makes me smile. Queen Ethelburgers. Yeah. Who's that? It's some boarding school in, in, in the Yorkshire sort of area. Oh, but, right. but I always think Ethelberger is, is a, an amusing name. Well, I tell you, I, I uh, almost ended up at Breton Hall. All right. Um, which was, uh, at the time, I, I then changed my what I was going to study, but I was going to go to Breton Hall after my A-levels. And um, the, that's where the League of Gentlemen met. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's now, it's now closed down, the, the school has. It's the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. Right. Yeah, that's where um, uh, Jeremy and Reese and Steve and Mark met at, uh, at Bretton Hall. Well, my... my it's only, it's, it was just down the road from us. Right. Is, was that the one that you were telling us about that was famous? Or is it not? No, this, that's a different one. But yeah, so I, I often... Because you look at it and it's got like a... It's, you know, it's that old look, you know, that... Ancient look about it. Right. Know, I imagine that it wouldn't be too out of place if you were in Oxford or something like that. Right. And and I'd love to have gone there. You know, solving mysteries at the weekends. <laughs> I'd love to have done it. My my parents wanted me to go to um, a uh, a grammar school in um, Wakefield. Right. But uh, the reason they didn't want to go is because otherwise it meant going to like. The school that I did go to, which, which, well, as you know, I've I've told you quite a few things yeah. about my school. It's the sort of school that when you mention its name, yeah, people around this area, people yeah. are like draw breath. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, it, it's amazing that I, that you survived that. Well, that's really or what anybody does. What most people say to me, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy that actually somebody went through for what, five, six years of yeah, well, yeah, of that school, yeah, because it's, it's still a. They're a bastard now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, maybe it isn't. Maybe we'll be in, I won't mention it just in case we've got listeners from there. Yeah. Well, it, it did get burnt down, didn't it? It's been it's been rebuilt. Uh, yeah. 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 Maybe. So maybe it's. Maybe. It could be. It could be a bit better now. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's famous. I mean, you know. Uh, Infamous. Yeah. 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 I, I've never met anybody who's not winced when I told them. <laughs> so, so basically, uh, he arrives at his school, and, and it actually it doesn't look like school. It's looks like a country house. Yeah. So there is this idea. Maybe this was. Um, sort of like a converted country house whilst war was going on or something like that it could have been could have been like yeah. that but anyway it's it's that period of time and you get the sense that Perkins being the, the new boy is not is not is, there's nothing else wrong about him he's just a new boy don't really want to be in this situation the prefect guy at the beginning is going to be his prefect yeah because the guy's gone out of his way to get him because because of the manners bit yeah because Perkins dad didn't only just take it up with the prefect did he took it with the headmaster yeah so therefore he's going to have got some shit for that yeah so we went out of his way to get this boy as a slave that's what they call them slaves yeah and um, he now, makes him do a certain set of chores now I would say that as we said what seems to jog um, Perkins memory at the beginning is the stick yeah. that uh, Blue Trousers is carrying yes it's not the same it's stick not the stick no. that uh, Foxley no. is carrying at no. all is it no. it's just a stick it's a, it's a stick yeah so it's not actually recognised the stick 
But no. he thinks he has. He thinks he has, but he's put. He's almost going, that reminds me of something. Yeah. Hang on a minute. It's him. Yeah. That's what he's done. Yeah. So, now Foxley is pretty much in every scene, he's got the, the stick on him, or it's right next to him, or it's nearby, or it's on a table, or something like that. The yeah. stick is big in this story. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It sticks... Maybe that was the... Oh, mate, I'm just thinking too far. <laughs> this is the list of things that he has to do. He has to get you... Right, first of all, do you notice the weird wake-up song? Slaves. Wake up, rise, rise and shine. shine. <sighs> Ringing the bell. I couldn't put up with that. <laughs> I'd have to... Sh- well, this is, this is why it surprised me when you said you'd go. I do. You'd I'd, like to be there. I'd like to be... Not, again, not in that period of time, but... If somebody's waking you up with a bell every morning, I'd shove it up his ass, <laughs> And with no question, I'd get out of the bed and fuck this. Okay, this is the list of jobs he has. I'm going to write these, tick these off. Get up, that's the first job, helps. Right, okay, two. Hang on a minute. Maybe get up isn't the first job. It can't be, it can't. That's just default, isn't yeah. it? Dust things. Yeah. Clean shoes. This is all his, so this, this, is, this is all Foxley's. Foxley's, yeah, not, he's not the kids. It's not just... Cleaning the hallways, he's cleaning specifically things in Fox's, in Fox's room mm. or on, on his person. He's got to wash his clothes, polish his something, polish something or other, and he's got to clean his grate in his fireplace. Now then, then, so it cuts to, when he's cleaning his grate, this kind of office study room. Is, yeah. Was that Foxley's That's Foxley's room. That's Foxley's room, yeah. yeah. God, Lord, you can't even get a bed at a hospital and this guy <laughs> has got a study. Well, he's posh, a kid. Posh, this is it, you see. Bosch school, you see. Right, so he's... Uh, when he comes into the room, he does, like, spot checks and stuff like that and he decides whether the slave needs a punishment or not. Yeah. And pretty much what's described as he every single occasion gets a punishment, doesn't yeah. he? So that he's never done his job properly. I mean, on this first occasion, he's got another chore for him, though, hasn't he? he doesn't he want to send him down to the to the bog? To the lavatories. To, to warm the seat for him. Yeah, which is an odd one, isn't it? Because, first, I don't like going for a poo directly after somebody. No. Has, has sat on that toilet. Whatever the... Do- I don't mean, you know, I don't want to go for a poo straight after somebody who's done a poo, that's for sure. Mm. Because of the poo particles. Yeah. But if there's a warm seat, yeah. it's almost like somebody's drank out your cup. <laughs> well, you've got to ask yourself, why is it warm? And it's warm because of somebody else's somebody. Yes. body, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Ugh. And you, you don't want that, do you? I mean, how would you warm the seat? This is what I was thinking. Could you, would you warm it? Would you have to take your own trousers off to warm it? Or could you just have... Or would you, you just sit on it? Yeah, because oh, he does God. mention that there's a penalty if it's not sufficiently warm, which makes you think if you wanted efficient warming, you're going to have to take your own trousers down, because otherwise, oh. otherwise it's going to diffuse the heat, isn't it? Well, I mean, this now the dirty, the not the horrible side of torture isn't included in this episode. You know, like what's covered in scum. You know that uh, the you know boys being boys. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No. Just the naughty, naughty torture. What naughty Na- torture? Nasty torture. You know, what like, do they do? You know, like, you know, mucky business. No. You know what I mean? Like, when they decide to rape him and stuff, right? Oh, right. That's, no, that's no, no, never no. covered in this. But it, yeah. you can imagine... So even though that that's not in this, you imagine that every other form of torture is... Yeah. Or punish... No, punishment are just degrading... 
Yeah, yeah. Abuse, isn't it? And, 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 yeah, and, and the way it's done is sort of pseudo-sexual, yeah. isn't it? But really? that, and that's, that's what I mean, is so when you go to the fact that he has to just take his trousers down, that, that's part of the humiliation that he's had to take his trousers... I've ordered you to take your trousers down. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's wrong, whatever it is. It's wrong, uh, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> we've, we, also, what is the format with schools? They don't seem to be doing any schoolwork in this school. <laughs> it just seems to be made torturing great cleaning, doesn't it? Basically cleaning. Um, anyway, um, so every now and then we cut back to the present day. Now, there's a couple of things here. I think it's quite nice because you're reminded of the situation, but also we have to, um, the storytellers have to really go out there, not go out of the way, but they have to really press home the fact that this guy is definitely the guy on the train. Mm. That's what the concept. So the flashbacks and the flash forwards are always designed to link the two. That's, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we yeah. tell. So again, it flashes back, fast forward, and the, around here would be the commercial break, and then we get this um, scene where it starts off where uh, Perkins is bent over yeah. with his he's told to touch his toes, isn't he? Yeah, and um, he's got his dressing gown on to start with because Robert has mentioned. That's in, right. In his intro, yeah. that usually you would be given the option of four with your dressing gown off or six with it on. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And it seems to be that sort of scenario. Yeah, here, so it? the decision's been made. And also, uh, Foxley's now wearing some sort of RAF outfit. Or, or army costume or, army or something. Yeah, he is, yeah. Well, I, I, presi- I presume. Unless they're. Cadets do cadet training. It's going to be that, isn't it? Yeah. They do that sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, he's, de- he's decided that it's going to be a four or without force, four swipes without the dressing gown. Yeah, because the kid's actually got his dressing gown on, but Foxley changes his, changes mind, his mind until he's got to take it off. Yeah. So he takes it off, and then he says, "You know, bend over," and then he explains why his name, why his nickname <laughs> is Galloping Foxley. <laughs> And he does like some sort of Scooby Doo style run up, doesn't he? It's far too long, isn't yeah. it? Like the sh- I, I think because he, he, he runs downstairs. <laughs> in part, he goes so far and then just runs. Yeah, but like has to go downstairs, changes directions a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, because it's like down a staircase. <laughs> yeah, it's far too far. <laughs> it wouldn't to be work. bothered. That that doesn't work. They call you idiot, Foxy. <laughs> But he is, he's stupid, right? Okay, so anyway, then he gets, you don't see any of the, the damage, but what you do get is is that later that night. Well, I would say oh. here, right, it's yet another different stick. Yes, that yes, that's a different stick, because this one has got the... The, the hook, curly... Yeah, the curly uh, cane. Yeah, the sort of yeah. like swishy stick, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, we've had one stick on the train, we've had... A big stick that uh, Fox this sort of carries about, which you couldn't really use to beat somebody because no. you'd kill him because it, yeah, it's, it's like it's like a it's massive shillelagh. It's, it's not a log, like, but yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a branch. It's it? like a pickaxe handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then then this other one appears, which is like the wishy swishy stick. Yeah, the, that, the, uh, the, the headmaster in the Bash Street Kids in Bean. Yeah, have, they would have with the curled yeah. handles, wouldn't they? Or a, or Dennis the Menace's teacher would have had one. Yeah, I mean when I was a kid. Uh, the, the sticks at school that they used to beat you with were just straight. They didn't have a curly end. They were just mm, straight just a, about. I, well, you won't be able to tell. About three feet long or something like that. Right. I wasn't in. I didn't get uh, a hiding at school. Uh, I I did. Yeah. From the yeah, teachers. Yeah. No, and I've I, not. I've not even done it either. That was the thing. Oh right. Oh, that's a bit. But I. I. Uh, I did. 
Um, something that earned me detention. I had to clean the um, maths corridor out for a week. Right. So at the end of school, for mon- between Monday and Friday, for this particular week, for what I'd done, I had to go and... Uh, clean the maths rooms in the maths right. corridor well I'd done nothing at all and uh, there was this guy oh no I did what I did well, well that's I, not so bad then I it? used the fire extinguisher as a water pistol yeah. yeah you deserved it yeah. this guy though he'd been he'd been bullied by these two uh, two lads obviously who I won't name but I will say that later on in life when I was a criminal solicitor I represented both of them <laughs> <laughs> on separate occasions right? but he'd been beaten up by these two lads and uh, he said I was involved in it now I, I had nothing to do with this at all but he didn't like me right and said I was part of a, of a, of a group therefore who would beat him up <laughs> and <laughs> this, is a, this is yet another reason why I sort of like gravitated towards the law because there was no justice at all <laughs> It's like Soviet Russia being at school. The accusation is enough. <laughs> and so, that was it. I got the stick for beating this kid up with these these two people who, who I would later represent. So what were you, did you, did you have to say, I didn't, I didn't do it. Yeah, but I, mean, I would have said that, wouldn't I, yeah. you know. Uh, they didn't say they hadn't done it, just they had. But I'd say, <laughs> look, it's not me, I've not done anything wrong. Uh, put your hand out. Well, I'm sorry to laugh, Rob. It's not nice. It was awful. But it's um, well. Um, the, this is the, uh, the the thing is that kind of linking back to the story again is that why is he actually doing all this damage? And that it seems like he's he's unhappy with the jobs he's doing, but actually he's just a he's a sociopath, isn't he? Yeah, he's just yeah. psychotic. Yeah, I suppose he's he's a, as we said before, like the people who get on the train and wear the bowler yeah. hats. Yeah. It's what is the norm for yeah. him because that, that's presumably what they did to him when he was younger. I can say, well, we, I was talking about to Michelle about this. Uh, that I'm not too sure what the statistics are, but it's not uncommon for the bully, no, the the bullied, bullied yeah. to become the bully. Yeah, because they like younger kids who've got like older siblings uh-huh. often. Uh, try to get the upper hand in their peer group, yeah, because they've always been the bottom of the rung in their household. So they, so they can try to be, you know, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Is is somehow you go? So maybe, maybe Foxley had it worse or something like that. Well, you see, I I had this dilemma last week at the supermarket, right? Because there was a woman who got two kids with it, and she was at the cash point machine, and she wasn't really paying much attention to these kids, uh, and they were quite short; they were under eye level. But um, who? Their eye level. They were under her eye level. Oh, under the sort of level of the cash machine. They were that that short, you know. That's not an eye, is it? I wouldn't describe that as being it's an eye. It's an electric eye. So it can see. All oh, right, okay. So beep. <laughs> and um, one of them, the older one, was getting the fingers of the little one and bending them back. What? This causing the young one to scream. But then, when the, by the time the mother looked down, he was stopping it. And I thought. What's my moral duty here? Yeah, to do, say do something. I, or do I just sort of walk away? I, I don't know what I would do. I know what the right thing to do is, but whether... Well, it is the right thing to do to take over the, the duty of the parent. No. That's not the right thing to do, is it? Because you shouldn't be the stranger saying it, because that's that could have counter-effects. <laughs> Should I have pointed it out to the Maybe. So, and I guess you didn't. 
No, 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 I didn't know. I didn't think you would. Have gone. No, yeah. Useless. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. It seems to stem from the fact, or rather, he he admits to Fo- to Perkins that this stems from the fact that you know. Oh no! Wait! 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 Back up a second. Right. But, He's unhappy with the way he does the jobs, and they actually do like a spot check on the room, and he's got this white glove. And now the, the glove comes out a little bit later, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, he says the white glove on the train. Yeah. And then he, uh, it's that they use that to check the, how clean things are to run his hand across it and gather the dust off it, and it goes grey if it's like, so. Um, he, wait there a second. I think I've I've missed something out here because. Oh yeah, that's right. No, this is the point I was going to make. It all stems from the fact that his his dad's pissed him off. Yeah, really. Yeah, so you're, I'm going to take it all out on you. Yeah, that's because Poxley yeah. says something to him along that those matters. lines, sort of yeah. reiterating, doesn't he, what his dad has said uh, when he's going to give him yeah. that, that sort of flogging. So at the end of that, so when he says about the manners thing, he then comments on the fact that there's no new flowers in yeah. his vase. And he says, oh, there wasn't time. He goes, well, there's time now. Go outside to the pond area. It's only two and a half miles across the field, as he says. Yeah, okay. And it's pissing down with rain. <laughs> and he's like 10 years old or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you see, I thought at the time, well, this reminds me a bit of Ripping Yarns, you know, Tomkins School Yes, days. yes, yeah. But actually, Ripping Yarns predates uh, this. Because oh, really? it was 1976 that Ripping Yarns came out. But I thought, oh, I wonder if they're inspired by this, but obviously yeah. not. But uh, vice versa. You know, that's where this has come from. Oh, it's yeah, not from, yeah. It's not from Roll. No, no, Roll. Um, I, lo- I love talking about uh, Ripping Yarns and Monty Python, uh, yeah, the links from Monty Python, is that concept of time and distance that it didn't matter with with them. So there's that scene in um, the Holy Grail where the, they're storming the castle yeah. and the, the distance <laughs> never seems to get... And time and stuff like that. I love those bits in, in that. But yeah, so two and a half miles, it seems like it's just extravagant. Yeah. But in this situation, it's kind of, no, I want you to walk those two and a half miles. So he does, and you see a snapshot of him. And again, I wrote here as well, he's, at what point are they actually doing any schoolwork? Yeah. Uh, what point? Yeah, because he says something like preps at four or something. Yeah. Something's at four, yeah. I don't know what it is. But, uh, but yeah, he's got to go out He's got to go out in the rain and collect some flowers. for. Uh, as it happens, not only is it raining, but it, it, it falls in. Yeah. So he's, he gets home, and he's only picked four flowers up. And <laughs> that... That's questionable, isn't it? He, he says they were too far, but he, he actually were in the water. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? You, get, so, you might as well get them all, aren't you? It doesn't matter. Anyway, for a penny in for well, a pound, by <laughs> So, um, anyway, we then cut to him presenting the, the flowers to the... Third, and oh, yeah, so Fox is got a, having a conversation with another one of the prefects, and they're, talk, they're comparing slaves. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, he's got the flowers, and he's chucked them on the fire, and he says... Uh, you, you, know, you, you should make me some toast and stuff like that. So Perkins is making toast while the other two prefects are talking and they're, they're boasting about how much they bully their slaves, basically, you know, yeah, and what yeah. they do to them. And then, and then that's the story kind of stops. Yeah. Come back to the train now. Yeah. Where Perkins has decided he's having had enough of his thoughts and he's going to... Out him. Out him. So he just says... I'm going to do something about it now. Why not? Why shouldn't I just say it now? So he decides to tell the stories on the train. Actually, he doesn't tell the stories. He he bridges. He tells what happened. So he says, you know, I was at, I was at the hands of this guy. Yeah. He was he mentally tortured me and physically tortured me and stuff. And and his name 
is Galloping Foxley. <laughs> um, and then he goes, uh, and then the, the train uh, kind of comes to the station, doesn't it? And it's gallop. It's the the, the beardy guys. Time to turn to get off, and he yeah, just, I think they're all going to get off. They're all going to get. Oh, that's right. Yes, they're, they're, they're in the London, city, aren't they? Yeah, and so they stand to get off, and then the guy goes, uh, "Well, it's it's nice to meet you, but um, my name's Fortescue." Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. And know I if, went to Eton. Uh, yeah, I went to Eton. Twenty six. Yeah, in twenty six. So, and then he goes, "Don't worry." We all make mistakes, and he puts his stick over his shoulder. Yeah. It, now you don't know, really, if he's just thinking, actually, it was me, but I'm not letting you have it. Uh, you know. So, but that was that's never the yeah. the insinuation here, because the the unexpected bit, I guess, is that we've been led to believe that this was definitely him all the way through. That there was no question about it. He's outed him on the train, and now he's he's um, everybody's sort of thinking, oh, he's. He's an idiot. Yeah. This guy, look at him, just criticising the new guy. So he's become the. Uh, yeah, because they, they don't look happy with him, do they? No. They don't look happy with him. It's like, why did you do that? Yeah, he's, he's just an innocent guy. Why yeah. did so the tables turn slightly, although there's no there's no abuse involved in it, but that's, I think that's what Dahl was after. I was see, because you see, I, I've been struggling to find the... Unexpected bit. Because, like, for me, this, this could be summed up, this, this half-hour episode... He could say to him, did you used to bully me at school? <laughs> and the other fellow says, no. And that's it. That's the end of the story. Or, what's your name? <laughs> Tell me what's your name. Did you have a nickname at school? Ah, Jonesy. Hmm. Right, no, weren't you? Well, did you go to Queen Ethelburg's? No, I went to Eton. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, fair it, it could all be dealt with in, in a very, very short yeah. space. But instead, you get this very, very unpleasant yeah. child-beating thing in it. So, what I think the plan is, is to... Constantly make you think this. That's it. This is we're telling you this because that's the truth. Yeah. That this guy is that guy from, the, from when he was a kid. Don't question that. Let's get on with the story. Yeah. Okay. However, I never fully bought into the fact that it was him. I always thought there was an element of doubt yeah. in well, Perkins' mind whether that definitely was him or not. Different sticks, and, this is, and although there were different sticks, as I say, it seemed to be it was a stick he was recognising. And no, and it weren't even the same stick. No, so he, and he even said he used to carry. Time. He used to carry a stick with him. It weren't that one there. <laughs> it, was, it was a different stick. And like you can imagine, everybody on this, the train just kind of just hiding their stick. He's going to have a go at me in a second, just because the, this new guy turns up. But that's, I think, that's the unexpected bit. Well, I, I don't think it is actually. I'm not. Well, I mean, looking on the forums about this, yeah. I noticed that it, it has le- it's an interesting example here is that false memory syndrome. Right, okay. So that, if you're looking on doyouremember.co.uk, you see that DVD Monkey has got two recollections of endings for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> One is that Foxley gets thrown off the train and thus he's missing when the train arrives at his destination. <laughs> <laughs> No, where has that come from? I know that's great, but because because this was obviously 2006, maybe there was no way of finding this episode in you know 11 years ago, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. But um, I love the fact that he thought that the victim was David Niven. <laughs> this is the second point. Yeah, that the, the victim, David Niven, takes comfort in the fact that Foxley's just a frail old man now. Now, that's a very different alternate ending to the first one, where he's thrown off the train, so he's missing when he gets there. I think he's seen two different things there. 
and stand it. But also here, do you remember Fox's white glove? <laughs> <laughs> the victim was played by John Mills, not David Niven. Yeah. And ended with Mills' character deciding to expose Foxley. Um, and it's not Foxley, it's a different person entirely. Yeah. So even they didn't say what the unexpected bit was because all it is is it, it's a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. And actually, the repercussions of outing somebody, they're not pleasant. But it's hardly like, you know, having your skin grafted. <laughs> and we don't know what happened to that guy. That's quite unexpected. Yeah. No, I, I don't like it for a number of reasons. One, as I say, I don't like the, all, that, all that violence. No, horrible, horrible, horrible. And it's so, not even worth... Do you know what's the worst thing about that is? That's not just fiction, is it? No. We, we know that that definitely happened, and that's probably a glossed-over version yeah. of some of the stuff that the kids had to go through, yeah. and that's horrible. I mean, like, as I say, at my school, it wasn't, wasn't like that, but, I mean, there was one guy, I, I think I've probably told you before, who um, would head butt his way to the front of the door. <laughs> 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 so, if you, <laughs> if you were stood there and you arrived behind you, then he would just headbutt you in the back of the head from behind, like, and then, obviously, as you staggered, he'd take your place. <laughs> So it was a different wanker, <laughs> God, different sort of bullying. Yeah. But it wasn't as organised. No, but imagine. also, also that that a lot, a lot of tales unexpected are dark comedies. Yeah. Whereas you can see the funny side of things in this. There's no funny side. No, it's just unpleasant. no funny side to to that degree of uh, bullying. It, yeah. Yeah, and and as I say, it then makes me think: Is there any point telling the story when the sort of outcome of it is that it's not even him? Yeah, and so what you need to do. What would be better there is to have him, maybe, and I think I've seen this in some revenge movies before, mm. is that it is the wrong person, but they've decided to, I don't know, string him up, yeah. you know, beat him around and stuff, and then it finds out that it wasn't that person, and then you go, oh, shit. But in this one, all he does is he, he talks about him on train. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like a, it's a half-hearted speech. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's not a great... I think, to be honest, I think the guys on the train will probably forget about it in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, which, which the way it ended, is probably best. Yeah. I mean, John Mills is in quite a lot of these tales. Yeah, yeah, he's a good one. But if you imagine that he went, he just decided to take five days out of work... And just knock a few of these off. What? Oh, 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 so, so then you'd have to get in the same cab again, wouldn't you? It doesn't have to get in the same cab. Oh, it's just start, start a new thing. Start a new place. Yeah. doesn't need to move out or anything like that. But I think, you know, being publicly shamed is... Uh, it doesn't last long, right? Yeah. Okay, one, unless depending on what you've done. But also, you can alter certain things. You yeah. can control certain things. That's I mean, didn't, didn't, we both, didn't we both go and see Cooler Shake? Yeah. Uh, well, we were in the same place. We didn't know each other at the time. Yeah, we? Yeah. we were in the same place in Doncaster Dome. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's John Mills' grandson, of course. That's right, yeah. Chris, yeah Crispian, Crispian. Crispian. Crispian Mills. Mills yeah. yeah. And uh, Hayley Mills was his... Um, Mother. Mm. Well... Yeah, his daughter is Christine's mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, there's a curious coincidence that we were both there. Yeah. I think a week later, I was at uh, the Prodigy, Prodigy gig at the Dome. Oh. And uh, a guy hit me, not, not like punched me. Oh. He was dancing and he had a, a pot on his arm <laughs> and he, he cracked me. And oh. like, as a way of saying sorry, I mean, he did, he apologised, but he, he, I, had a, I had a picture on my t shirt of a worm. And he just, he, in the air, he just went, 
they like they made the uh, sit, you know, they drew the line for W in the air like that. Okay, right. and he went W for worm, and then walked off. I'll never, oh, right. I'll never forget him. It's like treat everything. But I think I was on. I'd, t- I'd taken some sort of drug because I could see the trail, trail of the, of of the worm the, of how as he drew it. Yeah. Oh, right. It was it was lovely, lovely little experience that. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, I was about to mention there that Liam in the prodigy was dancing across the stage at this point here when they get off the train the lady dances to reveal the credits she does yeah and that would be the end of, of, of galloping, galloping foxley. foxley i'm pleased actually that what that it wasn't him no i'm pleased that it's ended because <laughs> uh, now we can concentrate on next week which is a good one actually i really like you, you, you the, remember the, this one the, the, this uh, the hitchhike the hitchhike yeah, yeah. i like this one um and uh, what, what, a brief synopsis well a brief synopsis of this one is that uh, flashy american paul duvine stops to give an elderly irish vagrant named michael fish a lift in his car yeah, and then we can see what happens from that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I can't imagine any problems with hitchhikers. <laughs> not not in uh, not in not in the world. No, no. Guys, been a pleasure. We've uh, just that's number three. So we'll come back next week with season two, episode four. Of Total. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.